0: It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from Eastern Iowa, where apartment ownership and investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Apartment Specialist Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Apartment Specialist Podcast. Well, hey everybody, Darren Garman here, and welcome to this week's podcast, where we're going to be talking about the worst way to go about Investing in, purchasing an apartment community. I'm going to talk to you about the worst things you can do and the worst way to really go about buying an apartment community. And uh, usually during the podcast or my podcast consists of things that uh, you should do, um, things that I recommend doing, things that I see successful, uh, other investors successfully doing, etc., And so rarely do I kind of go take a fork in the road and talk about things you shouldn't do. Um, But in this particular uh, episode, we're going to talk about the worst way to go about buying an apartment community. Okay. So before we get into the podcast, a couple couple of things. Number one, a reminder that next month, already next month, about a month from when I'm recording this, we will be having our... Multifamily Investment Summit and Property Tour. If you've not signed up, if you've not had a chance to check out exactly what we're going to be doing during this no-cost uh, property summit and investment property tour, you should check it out at heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. That's heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. Uh, during our day and a half together, I will be taking serious multi-family investors whether you're active or passive, behind the scenes of exactly what we do here, how we do it, and everything that's involved in owning successfully your own multifamily community or communities. Again, this is for active or passive investors. There's no cost to attend. The only fee to attend is you need to be a serious investor. Okay, If you consider yourself a serious investor, you have capital to invest. Uh, You are ready to make an investment within the next six to 12 months at the very most and really want to ramp up your knowledge and take your investment, real estate knowledge to the next level and take your multifamily investing and ownership to the next level. This is a must attend event. I only allow 15 at a time at my multifamily investment summits and property tours We only have, I believe, maybe two or three spots left here, and that's it. So if you've not had a chance to check it out, uh, I definitely recommend you at least check out everything we'll cover, the detailed agenda, and what you would get out of this if you are a serious investor, again, by going to heartlandinvestmentsummit.com, heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. All right, let's go ahead and let's get started with this this week's podcast. And just a couple of quick reminders before I jump into the worst way to go about buying your own apartment community. Uh, Just a note, remember I am uh, coming to you from the home office today uh, rather than uh, having this podcast and getting this podcast done and recorded at the office. Uh, I don't have a studio Uh, specifically. It's really an office. I guess you could call it a studio. But this is the home office slash studio. uh, And it is at home. And so for those of you that have been with me a while, you know all about Bosworth and Blue, my two dogs. And my two dogs love to bark at FedEx, UPS, postal workers, or anybody walking by the house that looks like they Uh, have any kind of interest in anything going on around our home so you may hear the dogs barking in the background once in a while that's what's going on if you hear that and uh, yeah or if it's a diesel engine you know the dogs love those diesel engines so if any of you have dogs you know what I'm talking about they love to hear those diesel engines coming down the road and for whatever reason they want to bark at the diesel engines some dogs go as far as actually chasing those vehicles Um, Fortunately, Blue and Bosworth don't do that, but they love to bark at those vehicles anyway. So uh, once in a while, you may hear them in the background, especially if something's being dropped off. I do get FedExes quite often, uh, UPS packages quite often at the home. So you may hear that once in a while. All right, let's talk about how you don't want to go about buying a multifamily community. And I'm going to take you live through what I've experienced now On two occasions actually really it's been four occasions Uh, the first two occasions I was quite serious the two occasions after that not so much just kind of seeing how it was going to play out and I'm going to take you through a real world scenario that you won't run into if especially if you're an active investor um, if you're passive you're not really going to run into this But know whomever you're working with, that may be your sponsor, your general partner, uh, your lead manager in your investment partnership that you're involved in. You can bet for sure they're probably going through this. And this is good information for you to know to basically say, hey, dude," or do that or hey, we can't go about purchasing investment real estate this way. We can't go about purchasing apartment communities in this manner. So when I give you this information and take you through the exact uh, sequential events, this is something you don't want to do. Yes, this is something that Darren did. I did it on more than one occasion. I've learned from it and I don't do it anymore. And this is something you want to avoid. Okay, Uh, so let me take you through it. Uh, not too long ago, a little bit over a year ago, there was a 188 unit apartment community available here in Cedar Rapids. Location met our criteria. The numbers and the financials met our criteria. Uh, the, long story short, it's a property we wanted to own. So it was for sale through one of the national, more national commercial real estate brokerage firms there are some that specialize in selling multifamily communities and this was one of them it was a national firm that basically what they do the national firms is once they put up a prop once they get a property for sale the listing agreement is signed they've been engaged to sell the property not surprisingly then they make phone calls and emails to all the surrounding property owners and say hey darren in this case guess what We've got this 188-unit community for sale. Do you have interest in it? Would you like us to send you information? So that's kind of how how they work. Um, Not only uh, will these brokerage firms contact most of the local owners, they'll contact regional owners. So those uh, apartment community owners that not only own property in and around Cedar Rapids, they'll contact those, let's say, in uh, other cities in Iowa, like Des Moines, Quad Cities, maybe Waterloo, Cedar Falls. Uh, Then they'll maybe go up into the Minneapolis area, Chicago, St. Louis, Omaha. So they kind of hit all the regional people too and letting everybody know, hey, this 188 unit property is for sale. Do you have an interest in information on it? And so of course I did. Uh, It's made a lot of sense for us for a lot of reasons. And so I requested the information and after a couple of weeks of reviewing the information, scheduled a time to walk the property and tour the property, which we did. And so we walked away feeling really good about this property. We really wanted to own it. And so the next step then is after you've been advised that the property's for sale, after you've reviewed the information, after you have toured the property, if you still have interest, the national brokerage firms will do what's called a call for offers. Now, one thing I failed to mention at the very beginning of my story is that this property does not have a price on it. Conventionally, in the past, the conventional way to market a property is, hey, we have 188 units for sale, the asking price is $6 million, make your offer, And then, you know, whoever is really first to making an offer that meets the seller's criteria and maybe price and terms and all those kinds of things is the first one that gets the shot at buying the property. Well, what's been happening now for a few years is these national brokerage firms, which is smart, by the way, very smart, is they have the properties unpriced. So they'll basically say, hey, the seller's not put a price on this. The seller's got it out there for sale. You submit an offer based on whatever price you're underwriting and your criteria tells you that it's worth, okay? By the way, smart to do, great for sellers. This totally sucks for buyers, by the way, which I'll get into here in just a minute, but a great strategy for sellers to maximize their price. So they do what's called a call for offers, and they say, okay, all you people, everybody that's looked at this property, if you have an interest in making an offer, we need to have an offer in our hands by such a date and such a time and they give you a deadline. It's usually about a week ahead of time. And so, you know, I put my, you know, I put my thinking cap on and put together an offer on the property and I send the property in. Mm. Well, what I find out is not only am I did I send an offer in? Fifteen other buyers submitted offers as well. So let's stop right there. Here you have a property where you have 15 offers on it. What do you think is going to happen? That's right, the price is going to continue to go up. Now, you may be saying, but wait, it's unpriced. All the offers could be all over the place. That's correct. But let me tell you what step two of this is. So these 15 offers come in on this 188-unit property, one of which is mine. The brokers look at all the offers. They you know, have a conference with the seller about what's come in. Then they'll take the, all those offers that have come in and cut them in half. So out of the 15, now they'll take the top seven. The top seven offers. What do you think the brokers do with those top seven offers? That's right. They'll contact each of the owners, in this case, including me, and say, hey, Darren, we've got 15 offers on this property. You have made the top seven. So they make you feel like special because you you feel like you've actually done something. Wow, I made it. Uh, (laughs) And so you've made the top seven. So now what we'd ask you to do is submit your best and final, they call it. Those three words, remember these three words, best and final offer, okay? So now I'm at a crossroads, aren't I? Do I leave the offer I've already submitted on the table and walk away from the property? Because that's pretty much what they have told me. They basically have said, hey, the offer you've submitted right now is probably not going to work. So if you really want the property you need to submit your submit your best and final. Now, not only am I being told that, six other buyers are being told this as well. So, what do you think is going to be the result of this? That's correct. The price is going to go up. So, what do I do? I decide I'll increase my property, my price a little bit. All right, I still have criteria to meet, I still have benchmarks to hit to hit they still have criteria, benchmarks and you know all of the underwriting it all fits in there. And so I can't deviate too much from what we've used to be successful so far. Okay? Our process. So, I submit a best and final. Then I don't hear anything. <laughs> what does that tell you when you don't hear anything? That's right, my best and final wasn't good enough. And at the end of the day, what ended up happening was the seller's chosen offer that was well above mine in terms of price, well above mine. Um, So a number of really interesting things to take away from that story. Uh, Number one, before I forget, I did try that approach again on another property. Seriously, same thing happened. I tried that approach two other times. Not as serious. I didn't go back for the final, the best and final offer on the last two. I figured it was a waste of time. And it, it would have been. Um, so, number one, you know, I did it three other times and found out this is not the way to buy property. Because, number two, all it does is drives the selling price up for everybody so it's almost like an auction like a silent auction in a way and by the way i give the brokers i mean i give them kudos for this this is a great process to get high selling prices for the sellers which is really what they're hired to do i mean i give them i give them kudos i give them credit man this is this is good stuff so it's really like a silent auction which all it really does is it drives up price. And any time you're faced with doing more, paying more, being more flexible on your criterion, on your underwriting, it only spells trouble for you. It only spells trouble. Because I can guarantee you, in those four instances that I referred to, especially the one story I just told you, those investors overpaid for that property big time they overpaid for it and yeah that might win you the ownership of that property but when you deviate from your benchmarks when you become too flexible on what's got you there on what's brought you to where you are to your criteria That just spells trouble. That doesn't spell anything other than that. Which is why it's the worst way to buy a property. Because all it does is it drives up the price that you will pay as an investor, either active or passive. And it puts you behind the eight ball right out of the gate, right out of the blocks, right out of the blocks. When you take over a property, all of those benchmarks that you've got to hit all of the rents you've got to achieve, all of the issues you've got to solve in order to now hit your numbers, that becomes super, super accelerated, doesn't it? Think of it this way. Because you're paying so much for the property, what may have taken you a year or two, let's say 18 months to get management in place, to get the relationship and the culture in place at the property, To do all of those things, now you got to do it in a matter of like three or four months because you're already behind the eight ball financial-wise, financially, because of how much you're willing to pay or how much you did pay for the property. And sure, we can split hairs and say, well, you know, maybe the folks that bought it paid all cash for it, Darren, or maybe they'd hardly got any financing, or maybe they've got another agenda. Okay, sure, there could be those things going on, but most investors that buy multifamily communities, especially of any size, like this 188 unit one I'm talking about, they're not going in there to change anything. They're going to go in there thinking that they're going to make what's there a hell of a lot better. It is a hell of a lot more difficult. It takes a hell of a lot more time and costs you a hell of a lot more money to make something you're overpaying for a lot better. And that's the worst way to buy a multifamily community it's the worst and yet i talk to i counsel with and i consult with many investors both passive and active and that's how they're going about building their portfolio it's the worst possible way to do it it's the worst and I grant you, again, splitting hairs one more time, yeah, you can get lucky and maybe still be able to buy a property at a great price with this approach. Sure, there are outliers out there here and there. I'll grant you that. But there aren't very many, and you can plan on it. it won't be you. You won't be the outlier. Okay? So now, and I even told this, so... Uh, When when a broker calls me now and says, hey, Darren, and I just got a call here. I'm recording this on a Friday. I got a call on Tuesday, just the the, previous Tuesday of this week um, from a broker telling me that, you know, they've got a 110 unit property for sale, just uh, uh, about a little bit over an hour north of, of where I'm at. And I already told them, I'm not even going to really waste my time spending. I'm not going to spend any time on it. Why would I? I know it's going to happen. And yeah, I'll probably look at the information. I'll probably consider it. But do I want to be one of 15 buyers making an offer on the property? I don't. See, here's how you buy investment real estate, specifically apartment communities, the most profitable way. And I promise I will spend more time on a podcast, maybe a video. I promise I'll spend more time on it. I'm not going to here. I'm just going to just give you this little wedge, okay, in what we're talking about here. The best way is to have no competition. That's the best way. I don't want competition. I want to be my only competition. That's it. That's the best way to buy. The most profitable properties that we own right now, the most profitable ones, the best ones, there was no competition. It was me. That's it. And it doesn't matter the size. So what I explained to you in that process, you're going to find that to be more the case with larger communities 100 plus 100 unit plus communities typically I mean the four unit the eight unit the 24 unit you'll typically have listing prices on those and those more often than not are sold more conventionally so you won't run up against this as much and frankly you'll have an opportunity to buy those proportionately speaking for better prices at better pricing than the 100 plus unit properties right now in the marketplace because of the conventional way that those are being sold and the expectations, okay? But if you're looking for scale, you're looking for a little size, whether you're active or passive, and you're looking at 100-plus unit communities, you're going to run into this all the time. Call for offers. How many offers came in? Oh, 28. I just saw one the other day where they had 65 offers on a property. Do you really want to compete with 64 other people? Really? But they are. People are. And if I'm a, if I'm a passive investor and my manager's doing that, I got to be asking, what the F are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. So as you're out in the marketplace wanting to get involved actively, As you're out in the marketplace, wanting to get involved passively in your next multifamily community. And if you plan on going for size and some scale, and again, like like I've said many other times, the biggest investment mistake that most of my apartment, um, excuse me, my multifamily investors, partners, customers and clients have made, and they'll all tell you this, is they should have started bigger, gotten involved with bigger communities right out of the blocks, okay? Um, just if you want more information on that, just search through my stuff, you'll find it. But when it comes to size and scale, you've got to do it right. You want to be the only competition. And like I said, I'll have a podcast or a video or something on this later. But for now, avoid the process. Avoid investing in and owning your multifamily communities in this manner. It's the worst approach you can take financially. It's the worst. And even though you may at the end of the day come out owning the property, being victorious in the purchase of it, you will have hell to pay later as a result. You will. So avoid it. All right. So I'm glad you spent the time with me on this week's podcast where we talked about the worst way to go about buying your next multifamily community. Um, I welcome comments, your experiences with, with this. What have you experienced? Have you run into this kind of thing too? would love to hear from you if that's the case. If you've got some uh, war stories, would love to hear about those. would love to share those with everybody else. I think that would be great. Um, so please, comments, suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you've got all my information Look forward to hearing from you and uh, have a great day, a great week or weekend whenever you've listened to me. Take care. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Hey, Darren Garment again here uh, reminding you of the March 9th Heartland Investment Summit. The Multifamily Investment Summit and Property Tour is March 9th. There's only two or three seats left. For more information, to get an idea of exactly what I will cover during the Summit and Property Tour, go to www.heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. That's heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. Thanks for joining the Apartment Specialist Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.heartlandinvestmentrealestate.com.